RTHK News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Ben Che. The top stories. A jury returns an open verdict in the case of Chelsea Locke, the student who fell from a Chanquano car park. A search and rescue operation is underway in Indonesia after contact is lost with a passenger plane carrying 65 people. And Hong Kong reports its highest number of COVID-19 cases in a week. A jury has returned an open verdict in the death of university student Chelsea Locke. As Priscilla Ng reports, the majority verdict of 4-1 came after almost two days of deliberation. The five-member jury, consisting of two men and three women, told the coroner's court that they were unable to determine the cause and circumstances of Chow's death. The 22-year-old died of head injuries four days after apparently falling from the third to the second floor of a Chengkwano car park in the small hours of November 4, 2019, amid an anti-government protest in the area. The cause of his fall remained a mystery, as no security cameras in the car park captured his final movements before the fall. While speculation was rife that he had fallen while trying to escape police tear gas, or while running away from riot officers, Coroner David Coe had previously said in summing up the investigation that there was no evidence that Chow had taken part in the protest that night, or had been affected by tear gas fired by police more than 100 meters away from the fall. He added that security footage at the car park showed Chow acting alone and there was no sign that officers had come into contact with him. The inquest into the death of the University of Science and Technology student lasted for almost four weeks with nearly 50 witnesses summoned. Speaking to reporters after the court ruling, the 22-year-old's father, Chow Tak Ming, said he respects the verdict and thanked the jurors for their hard work. I want to tell Zi Lok that we've tried our very best to find out the truth. Even though many questions remain unanswered and we're still some distance away from being able to get to the very bottom of what happened, he said. The authorities in Indonesia say a Boeing 737 passenger plane is suspected to have crashed shortly after taking off from Jakarta. 62 people were on board. A search operation is underway in the sea just north of the capital. A fisherman has told the BBC he saw the plane plummet into the water. Here's the BBC's Jonathan Head. There have been some eyewitness reports that suggest that a plane did crash into the sea, but nothing confirmed yet. All we know is that the plane lost contact. Flight tracking websites did note a very severe drop in altitude. Ironically, this is very close to the area where the Lion Air flight involving a Boeing 737 MAX went down just over two years ago. In that case, of course, that led eventually to the serious safety issues connected to that model being highlighted. This is a much older plane. At this stage, nobody has any idea what might have caused this plane to disappear like this. Officials have reported 59 new coronavirus cases in Hong Kong today, the highest total in more than a week. 53 infections were locally acquired, 20 had no known source. Dr. Chuan Chukwan of the Center for Health Protection says some of the cases may be linked to holiday gatherings. Some of the unlinked cases have some family gathering, but not all of them. And many of them just retired and they only went to markets or only stay in a park for morning exercise or something like that. So I suspect there are still quite significant silent transmission in the community so that people, if you go out, and there may be a risk of transmission. 
There's a new COVID-19 cluster at the construction site for the new Central Kowloon Route Highway. Six workers have tested preliminary positive after a confirmed case yesterday. Anyone who has been to the site in the past week will have to undergo a test. The government says experts are to study whether people who are vaccinated against COVID-19 could be spared some anti-epidemic rules, including lengthy spells in quarantine. Wendy Wong has more. The Secretary for Civil Service, Patrick Nip, one of the officials in charge of the SCR's vaccination program, told an RTHK program that the experts will study whether a different set of quarantine rules could be applied to travellers arriving from overseas if they're vaccinated against COVID-19. Uh, Locally, people may not need to be subject to stringent rules if the vaccines can significantly lower their infection risks. Our experts will look into that, he said. Currently, arrivals are required to undergo quarantine at designated hotels for 21 days. Mainland authorities have ordered residents in the city of Shijiazhuang to stay at home for seven days to help contain a coronavirus outbreak. Local transport services, including the subway, buses and taxis, have also been suspended. The city has already been cut off from the rest of China. All the city's 10 million residents have now been tested. RTHK, the time is now 5 minutes past 11. Beijing says it has introduced new rules to protect Chinese citizens from the effects of foreign laws and measures that it considers unjustified. Priscilla reports. Beijing's Commerce Ministry did not say who the new rules are aimed at, but they are being introduced amid tension with the United States and other Western countries over Hong Kong. Under the rules, citizens or organizations must submit a report within 30 days if they find themselves facing restrictions on normal economic, trade and related activities. If a working group decides the measures are unfair, it can impose a prohibition order rejecting the application of these foreign laws. Taiwan Central Weather Bureau says a 5.7-magnitude earthquake has struck off the northeastern coast of the island. There were no immediate reports of damage. The quake briefly shook buildings in Taipei. The Indian Army has detained a Chinese soldier. Officials say he was held early on Friday morning after straying across the de facto border in the disputed Ladakh region. They have made contact with China to arrange for his return. The two countries are still trying to resolve tensions in the region, which escalated last year into hand-to-hand fighting. To sports now, and the Newcastle boss Steve Bruce says it's morally wrong for English football to continue amid a rising number of coronavirus cases around the country. He made the comments ahead of tonight's FA Cup clash against reigning champions Arsenal. The Newcastle captain Jamal Lassell could return after he contracted COVID-19. But Bruce says winger Alain Saint-Maximin still hasn't recovered from the virus. Jamal has trained all got the go-ahead. However, you have to put that into context. A football player probably would never be idle for the best part of six, seven weeks. It's a challenge to all of us at the minute. Dealing with the pandemic, trying to play football in a monster is probably financially right, but morally wrong. One of the most eye-catching ties of the weekend is tomorrow's visit of Tottenham Hotspur, who are currently fourth in the Premier League to Marine. They play in the eighth tier of English football and are currently 160 league places below Spurs. It's the biggest difference in status between two teams in the 150-year history of the FA Cup. And Marine midfielder James Barrigan, whose day job is, is as a garbage collector, says it's a dream come true. It's a mad feeling when you think about it because, well... 
you watch them day in, day out on the telly, and then the next minute you're stepping up against them on the pitch playing. So we're all we're all we've all been very positive. I think that no matter who we play on our day, I think well we all think that we can give anyone a game. I think being on our own turf ha- helps a lot because I think the pitch, pitch has a few bubbles, so I don't think they'll be quite used to playing on that. It's not not quite the carpet that they're used to playing on. It's the magic of the cup, as they say. In the NFL, the playoffs get underway tonight with six teams aiming for a place in a divisional round. Perhaps the most eye-catching game comes tomorrow morning when Washington hosts the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's the first playoff action for the Bucks in 13 years, and they'll lean heavily on their star man, six-time Super Bowl winner Tom Brady. To win this game, you got to earn it. And you're playing against teams that have really proven themselves to be the best teams uh, in their divisions all year. And, uh, you know, we're going up against a division winner and a team that's very talented. You know, certainly on defense, they have a lot of playmakers. So we have to put it all together. And, um, you know, in order to, you know, advance, you have to play good football. The world's oldest living Olympic champion is celebrating her 100th birthday today. Agnes Kelty, a Hungarian gymnast, survived the Second World War and the Holocaust before winning 10 medals, including five golds in the 1950s. The BBC's Nick Thorpe in Budapest has the details. As a child, she learned the cello and hoped to become a professional musician. Instead, she turned to gymnastics. But the 1940 Olympics were cancelled by the Second World War, and as a Jew, she had to go into hiding. Her father was deported and murdered at Auschwitz. At the 1952 Olympics, she won her first medals, but her career peaked at the Melbourne Olympics in 1956, when she won four gold medals. The same month, the Hungarian Revolution was crushed by Soviet tanks. She stayed, first in Australia, then moved to Israel, only returning to Hungary in 2015. The news from RTHK.
probably one of the ways that you can be falling asleep to as you dream on me on RTHK Radio 3. We're from Ella Henderson, along with Roger Sanchez, bringing you some cool tracks on a cool Saturday night. Current temperature is 12 degrees with a relative humidity of 37%. And yes, there is a cold weather warning that's in effect. So please beware of your flames with that red fire danger warning too. 